girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Who would be on your top three list if you were to embark on a voyage of a lifetime? Okay, when you're saying voyage, are you talking about like a literal voyage where I'm going to get you know, on a ship or plane and go somewhere? Or are you talking about like the voyage of life? <laughs> Both. Uh, okay. Well, that's a good thought. And top three, huh? Top okay. three. Okay, I'm going to think about that one. Well, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, before we introduce our next guest, I have to tell our first guest. Or our first guest. I was kind of thinking I was the first guest. (laughs) Of course you were. (laughs) Our first guest. I have to tell everyone out there about a great movie. Actually, I read the book, um, A Fault in Our Stars. It was a great movie, though, demonstrating just the significance of relationships and the journey we You took your daughters there, didn't you? I I did, and I I wouldn't recommend. I mean, they need to be a little bit older. I I probably wouldn't take a 12-year-old. (laughs) <laughs> Again, uh, yeah, which that's what my daughter is. So, um, unless you're ready for some great conversations that you need to be having with the 12 year old, anyway. But it, it is a great movie, and of course, um, I told you about it, and and, all you, the- I, and then I realized you gave me the spoil. I'm like, why don't you share that part? On the radio, and you're like, I can't because um, it would spoil it, and I'm okay spoiling it with you. So apparently, I know the ending of the movie, but I still want to see it. I saw the trailer. You showed. We watched the trailer, and it looked fabulous because it really was a, that the journey of relationships mm-hmm. and what you go on the with pain, people, the joy. It's all of those combined, and how writers and directors and producers how they can do that twist in an hour and a half to two hours is amazing to me. How well, you, you got my attention with the trailer, and I want to go watch it. And, we, you know, we're talking about the voyage of just, um, you know, friendships and people in our lives. And um, I was telling you a story, and I don't know if I finished it, but I will finish it here on radio with you. But last night, um, Cal and I, my husband, were with a group of interns, and they were kind of concluding their, you know, year-long intern here um, at our church, and it, it's on leadership and students. And so I, I sat across the table from a gal, and I said, you know, tell me something that really stuck with you this year in your in the internship program that you're leaving, you know, realizing something new you're taking away with you. And it was interesting because she said, you know, I realized that. I, I need people mm-hmm. in my life to do ministry. Mm-hmm. And that I said, okay, well, yeah, but explain that. She goes, well, when I came here, I came with the mindset that I'm only going to be here for 11 months, so I really don't want to 
bond or make significant connections with people because I'm just going to be leaving anyway and I don't want to deal with like rejection and abandonment. And I said, okay, where did that come from? And it was interesting because she had had an experience in life where she dealt with that and she goes, it made me realize, my internship made me realize that I had something in my life I needed to work through. And she was about two months into into my internship, I realized I need people. Mm. I need to have people in my life doing ministry with me. And so you, you do realize that on this journey of life and on the voyage of ministry or organizations or whatever you're involved with or leading, it is significant to have people in the journey with you and to choose people wisely mm-hmm. who's going to be in that journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, our first guest today is from our partner ministry called Bloom. And Bloom is a dynamic group of girlfriends who all share the life experience of being church planning pastors' wives. Bloom is a part of Stadia, a church planning ministry, which is helping to launch churches globally. And um, we, we've shared this many times on the show, but Bloom is so significant as it provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planners, spouses, so they can provide the same to their families, staffs, and churches. And we want to welcome Amy Murray from Bloom, and we were teasing her earlier, Gnarly Murley is um, what we have nicknamed her today, so I'm sure she appreciates the Gnarly Murley. But Amy and her husband, Jared, live in Barrow County, Georgia, where they planted Story Church, and I love the name of that church. They have two children, Gibson, who is seven, and Alice, who is five. And she says she's a huge book nerd, which I have to tell you, Amy, I am a huge book nerd. I, I, as a matter of fact, Lisa teases me because I love the smell of books. Like I will sniff a book any day. <laughs> and that you're passionate about church planning and the ways Jesus can use it to completely transform communities. So Amy, welcome to Girlfriend at You, Bur- you Book Nerd. <laughs> you Book Nerd. Thank you. <laughs> you nerd. <laughs> I love that you started by talking about Fault in Our Stars. I have a huge love affair with that book. I'm so, yeah, I was like, oh, love that book. Yay. <laughs> so awesome. Well, it, have you read anything else by John Green? I have read everything else by John yeah. Green. Yes. He, he is just a, an amazing Arthur. Oh, I, I was going to say Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> you really are having a hard time with <laughs> So, yeah, you haven't seen the movie yet? I have. I saw it opening night. Yeah, I actually um, uh, from through. We did student ministries for several years, um, about ten altogether, before we ended up planting and doing adult ministry. You know, including our time in college and stuff like that. So um, I'm a huge young adult book reader. I love it. I work with the teens at the local library. I love young adult books. So about three years ago, before we moved, I actually went to like John Green's fans have like gatherings and um, another author was doing an event and I went and stood in line for an hour and got, you know, I got my copy of um, one of his books looking for Alaska autographed. And oh, so, yes. yeah, it was, it was amazing. I love that he's not just an author, you know, he's also a YouTube personality. He's a Twitter personality, but he like, he's raised like hundreds of thousands of dollars for good causes by mm. using his influence for, now good things it's awesome well and and that's kind of what we're talking about today um our our next guest uh he wrote a book um just he basically did research on c.s lewis and j.r tolkien and um it's just fascinating the friendships and these these authors that 
uh, are so much more, like you said, than just writers that really pour into um, just into each other. Well, even and their, on their-, their, their writings come from their life experience. So yeah. let's say it, it even gives their writings even more depth when they're in the trenches doing life with other people. And like you said, influencing other people and, and being affected by people. Mm-hmm. And then it pours into their writings, which is why we're running to the movie theaters and gobbling up their books. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and just talking about their friend, when you get into books where you really want to know more about the author and which is interesting because that's what this movie is about how she's so intrigued and she wants to meet this this author you do mm-hmm. want to know their life story you want to mm-hmm. know more about them and and so that leads into one of our questions amy is just, as you're on this voyage uh who pours into you and who do you pour into who would be your like top three choices to go on this this voyage of, of life with yeah you know, you always have to go to the answer of absolutely my husband, you know, but we're already stuck on this voyage together. So <laughs> there's no dump in either one of us either way. But, um, yeah, I would not, we would not be anywhere near where we are in church planting without my bloom girls. Um, those girls are my sisters. They are my, um, you know, the girls that I cry to when things are wrong because they understand they are on this voyage with me. You know, we're all in this together. Um, you know, Debbie Jones, who is, you know, at the head of that ministry, um, I would follow her to the end of the earth. You know, I would, I, you know, since you're talking about Lewis, I would follow her to Narnia or to, you know, Middle mm-hmm. Earth. I would do, you know, I joke <laughs> that Debbie calls and in her sweet Southern accent, she says, Amy, would you consider jumping? And I just go, okay, Debbie, how high? You know, I love, like, whatever you say, I'm in. So her and Vanessa Pugh, um, Bloom sets us up for success in such a way that when we, um, when our husbands sign on, we're, um, we're offered the chance to have another wife who's already been through this, you know, call us, check in on us, write us notes you know, once a month, and I, Vanessa Pugh, and I got paired up together, and um, yeah, she's, you know, she's my sister, she is my, you know, my go-to girl, I've got her back, she's got mine, we are in this together, Um, which is amazing, because so many times, you know, we pastor's wives feel alone, and I've not once felt alone on my church planting journey, which is, you know, the miracle, and that says so much about just the network that has been created with Bloom. And that's why we love you guys so much, because you really do live out our heartbeat. And I got to say, on a side note, you do a very good Debbie and Jones impersonation. <laughs> that, you really had her tone there. And I love talking about Debbie behind her back, because I know she's going to be listening to this. And she can't, she can't banter with us. So it's really kind of fun to talk about her like that. Because I am a huge Debbie fan, too. And I think so many of us do. We do jump. We say how high when Debbie says jump. And that is such the mark of a great leader and influencer when you go, I will follow her to Narnia. Um, Mm -hmm. And people just impacting us on the voyage and on the journey of life. And we need those people that are speaking into our life, people that we also give permission to challenge us. And and maybe, you know, here I'm seeing a pattern or I'm seeing something. And I, I appreciate those people 
in life that will that will do that that we do you know allow to speak into our life and we listen to their voice and that is the significance of having that network of having people around you especially like you said when you're when you're leading whether it's in church planning and you're the 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 wife of the pastor or you're in ministry or you're in an organization leading can get very lonely and you feel um, isolated in that place and so surrounding yourself with um, other like-minded and heartbeats that that collide to do that that journey and identifying those people and so when we you know we were talking about you know the top three it is good to to start you know even if at the top you don't have the top three like totally it gets you thinking about who do I surround myself intentionally with Mm -hmm. because we have to be intentional with those relationships and um you know and, and 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 in life so we can be effective well As we go into our commercial break, we want to share um, this quote from C.S. Lewis. Relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing had yet been done. So we want to just challenge you. What are you ready to discover this day forward? We'll be right back. is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Get ready to live La Bella Vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live La Bella Vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. Today we are talking about the voyage of life and who are you choosing to be on that journey with? 
And we're discussing this with gnarly Amy book nerd Murley, um, which Amy, you know you're never going to live that down. (laughs) It's just so fun even hearing you uh, talk about the relationship that you have with Bloom. And I I, I think that's one of our our biggest, um, as we cheerlead, you know, ministry leaders on to say you have got to be on this journey with someone else. And I know even for Lisa and I, in the last 14 years, we continuously um, just know that it's such a blessing. Our friendship was just, it's a gift from God. And we have people coming up to us all the time going, how in the world do you guys work together, you know, for, for the most part daily for the last 14 years and many times seeing each other more than you see your own spouse and be able to have that friendship. And it truly is only God where Mm -hmm. you are seeing the bigger picture. And even, Amy, when you said, you know, when Debbie comes to you and are you ready to jump, and you're ready to jump in, when you do see the bigger picture and you're focusing on that, Mm -hmm. it's all those little idiosyncrasies that take place that you're able to wash aside because you know God is in it. Are you saying I have mm -hmm. idiosyncrasies? I wasn't saying that at all. because I think you're you're implying that. (laughs) You're pretty much perfect. Um, But... When and, and it's so cool because I think, too, when you have healthy relationships, you just are always able to come to the table and share that and get all the issues aside to where you can just look at the, at the bigger picture, not that you have issues at all. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified that <laughs> on radio. <laughs> but but what, are, what are some struggles that you have dealt with on this voyage where you, you have had those relationships that have maybe hurt you to where you can't see the bigger picture. Can you share any of, of those? Oh, you know what? And real quick before, before you finish it, I'll just keep Are rambling. Are you making your um, going horizontal here? <laughs> <laughs> Is that in the book, um, A Fault With Our Stars, I love the part where pain demands, what's, what's the end of it? T- pain demands a present. Pain, or demands, pain demands to be felt. Pain demands to be recognized. What is it? I'm, yeah. yeah it's basically, but you need yeah, the fact that pain does demand you to to recognize that, and and many times in in ministry we want to push that pain aside, and yet it is the pain that we go through that gives that, us the passion, and that's when we grow the most. It's through the darkness, through the pain, is when you really see, you know, in, in especially in relationships, you see it blossom. So, anyway, mm-hmm. with that, can you can you share that pain that demanded that presence? Yeah, I feel like a lot of our call to um, to Barrow County here is a lot of people who have been burned by the church, um, who have you know said, you know, had things said to them, have grown up in a in a hurtful, you know, um, you know, as the church, we're all imperfect people, just walking our paths, trying to do the best we can. Sometimes people get hurt, so a lot of it has been going alongside of people and saying, you know, me too. You know, I've been hurt as a pastor's wife. I can't even count how many times people have said, you know, oh, that's just Amy. She's not going to be a good pastor's wife. She doesn't know what she's getting herself into. She doesn't, um, she, you know, I'm an introvert. And so it's, oh, she's stuck up, you know, instead of, it's a lot of that has happened. And, you know, a lot of coming alongside of somebody and having them say, oh, me too. Oh, me too. And then, you know, experiencing that pain together so that you can heal from it instead of, you know, the more you stuff the less it heals. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, it, it, I don't think you can be in ministry or in any organization without having, you know, those words that are spoken to you that you, unfortunately, we latch onto those mm-hmm. and they stick mm-hmm. sometimes stronger than the encouragement. And that's why it is so significant to surround ourselves with people like-minded that do get it, that can encourage us and um, on the journey because it is difficult and it is lonely and finding that place. But you seem to really thrive and enjoy it. And when you're saying, you know, when somebody says you're, you're not going to make it, I think you, you sound like the best kind because you get it and you're very optimistic mm-hmm. and you know that it, it takes people around you. And you've also found a passion or a place to connect in your community outside of, of the church walls where you've combined the community aspect with your church. Can you explain that a little bit? Because that really is an important piece. Um, and I like to tell even pastors' wives, and Patty and I like to tell women all the time, find something that you really are passionate about that's outside of even your family or even the relationship that makes you an interesting person and that you mm-hmm. can really have an interest in. So talk about that a little bit, because I know you have some interest even outside the church where it, you collide the two worlds. Yes. As a huge book nerd, um, you know, I spend a lot of time volunteering in the library, um, and the, um, the Auburn Library is this, this tiny town, it was voted the safest city in Georgia. It's adorable. It's, um, if you ever watch Gilmore Girls, it's Stars Hollow or it's Mayberry. It's adorable. Um, it's this little square with everything happens in this city on the square. Um, you know, the police department is always in the library. The library is somehow magically the hub of the town. It's so cool to see people, you know, always there. Um, and so when, um, when we, you know, started getting involved in the city of Auburn, we were noticing, I was in the library a lot and I was like, for real, I don't like people say that nobody reads anymore, but the library is always packed. Mm. So, um, we've formed a really great relationship with the city of Auburn and with the library system so that if the library has a children's program going on, we've got volunteers there. Um, if the library, the 4th of July, um, celebration is coming up and because it's, on the 4th of July, it's pretty much Story Church and the City of Auburn Library and the and all three of us working together to put this on, which, you know, we're in the Bible Belt, but I don't feel like, I feel like it's a God thing, the way he's tied it all together so that we can bless this city by being a presence. I, it's, it's, I'm, I've never lived any place and done ministry any place where a church has been so welcome in the community. And if they need something, they'll call us. And if, Mm -hmm. you know, the mayor will call my husband and say, hey, can you guys do this? Or the head librarian will call and say um, to Jared, hey, I need a video for summer reading. And Jared will whip something together on his Mac and, you know, and it'll be the summer reading video for the entire, like, three counties surrounding us. And, you know, and when people are like, oh, that's great. You know, Julie will go, that's Story Church helping us out. It's a really cool, like, we're it's kind of like we all have the same goals, and we can work together to help the city. That is a, that really is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to move there. It's, I know. I want to go to Mayberry. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Well, and you, yeah. you painted a great word picture because, and, and feeling. So I mm-hmm. already feel like I'm there and I can picture it as you're, as you're talking and explaining it. And what a great um, way to be intentionally connecting with our communities where we're living and with people and meeting them where they're at. 
that. And, you know, you, you discovered, hey, they're hanging out at the library. Mm-hmm. Maybe we ought to be a part of that. And how do we come alongside where people already are and be intentional with relationships and establishing that? And um, it sounds like you guys have found a really great niche and that and your voice even lights up when you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's I- encouragement to so many of us to, to go and others listening to go, Find that place um, for you and find that physical place and find that emotional place and that, you know, place to serve and a place where community, your community, your service and, you know, your your kind of your worship all combined. Well, and you made a you know a comment earlier of, about, you know, kind of being an introvert where people might think, oh, you know, Amy's stuck up or and I think as a pastor's wife that there are quite a few pastor's wives that are more introverted because the pastor has to be a little bit more of an extrovert and, you know, be out there with people. And um, with the fact that you have found this place and being in the library, truly, like Lisa said, finding that area that you're gifted in and being able to shine, because it's really easy, I think, um, for a pastor's wife to kind of lose herself because you're so um, taking that almost that second place in in just that world of everybody wanting to you know talk to your husband and um, to be able to find that significance of where you fit in and where God is calling you as well, I think is, is so important. Um, with being there's a great um, book, an introvert in an extrovert's world. And uh, I would I would highly recommend it. But do you have any other suggestions for just our listeners out there that might be more introverted um, in finding that place as a pastor's wife or just in leading ministry? Um, I I come across well. You know, I come across most of the time as long as it's not been seven nights in a row of church <laughs> functions. Um <laughs> you just have to be true to yourself. Those are my, you know, if, if if I'm tired, I have to tell Jared, okay, I love you, but I need an hour, you mm. know, like by myself. Was like that. Yeah, there aren't any, like, I haven't found the book that's like, oh, this book solves all my problems. You know, I wish. Um, <laughs> you know, always the boundaries book. I don't can't even tell you who the author is. But, you know, go with that book and set boundaries for whatever you're experiencing. The Henry Cloud? Is that the one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like um, the five, the Gary Chapman Love Languages book. It's, you know, a million years old now. But knowing, looking at people and being able to understand their love languages, sometimes that will do more than, you know, hanging out in a group with them for 10 hours. You know, just knowing, mm-hmm. hey, if, if I bring, if I bring my friend Val, who's also an introvert, a Coke at church on Sunday, that will pave five miles of road because I know that, you know, we're in Atlanta. Coke is, is her love language. (laughs) You know, it's, it's just knowing yourself and knowing your people. Yeah. And and that is a good, a good point. And Amy, we just want to thank you again for joining our show and just sharing your heart, your heartbeat and, um, 
and just your story and just your story of what you and Jared and your church and how you're impacting your community and coming alongside your community. And that's just a good challenge for all of us. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And since we are talking a lot about books and C.S. Lewis and the journey and the voyage and, and surrounding ourselves with people, uh, I mean, we're going to kind of go into a break with a quote from C.S. Lewis. And it says, there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind, which is so encouraging so many times ago, looking ahead into the voyage and what is ahead to discover. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, our next guest, Colin Durias, who's a writer, author, and expert on the life and the man of C.S. Lewis, will be joining us right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you stuck in a rut? Wondering if there's more than a 9 to 5? Do you ever yell out, is this all there is? Then join Alaska Coach Keith's radio show, where we'll focus on transition, career revitalization, and freedom. Keith will discuss tips and tricks for developing and living to our highest potential. It's time we dusted off our dreams and became alive with purpose. Keith will share lessons he's learned from a 20-year study of career engagement, motivation, and personal leadership. He'll interview experts and authors who know both struggle and triumph. You may even get a chance to bring your biggest challenge to the radio for an on-the-spot coaching with Keith. Join Alaska Coach Keith each week. Conceive. Believe. Achieve. Heard every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Central, right here. Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We just finished uh, talking with our, our book nerd, Amy Murray. Amy, Amy, Murley. Amy Gnarly Murley. Uh, and um, that was a great conversation, just talking about friendships, relationships. And, of course, you know, I, I just want to dive in. Once I find someone who likes the same author that, that I like, then I, I, I could just sit there. And you're so good that you, you are the same way and you put up with me just going on and on about not necessarily all the, the 
um, nonfiction books, but I can really get into just the fiction books and mm-hmm. especially historical fiction. Yeah. I love historical fiction, but well, you know, and I got to say, I, I, um, I live vicariously. I read vicariously through you. Maybe it's the way to do. And I love to read. I'm always Especially reading, when but, I give you all the spoilers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you cut to the chase. It, but, you know, um, what I discovered, I always have a book or two, two or three going at one time. So I love to read. But the difference is I have to read every word on the page. And you can read them so fast. You just go through books. You gobble them up, which I am so envious. I cannot speed read. And so I, that stops me from reading so much. So when you're always going, and then I read this week, this book and this book, I'm like so jealous because I wish I could get through them like you do. But um, I love the reading and, and you, that really does, they have become, when we're talking about the top three lists, um, you know, that we, that you identify as people, it's a lot of times it is through authors and it's, it's, it is those people that you surround yourself through the books. And that's why we're so excited today about having um, author and writer Colin Durias, who really has become an expert on C.S. Lewis and C.S. Lewis writings and J.R. Tolkien. Oh, absolutely. And he is known as an acknowledged expert on one of the great imag- imaginative writers of the 20th century. Um, he, the, the thing about uh, many times when you're thinking about authors, um, <laughs> that with Colin Durias, it's one of those that we were we were kind of laughing as we read through um, his bio because someone on that intellectual level where you know they've done so much research and I love uh, J.R. Tolkien, I love C.S. Lewis, but to to be able to um, on the level that he you know has really has dove into these books because he's a writer editor um, frequent lecturer on the lives of C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien and the Inklings, and having spoken at a variety of conferences in the USA, Canada, Spain, Italy, Poland, Finland, and the UK, his books include The A to Z of C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis, A Biography of Friendship, which that's the one I'm so excited uh, to read, J.R. Tolkien, The Making of a Legend, J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, The Story of Their Friendship, and just going into a little bit more of, uh, he also has the Inklings Handbook. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. He has a field guide to Harry Potter in AD 33. Uh, we can take half of the segment just talking about all the things that Colin Durius has has written. Um, being on PBC television, The World of Fantasy, The Questions of God, a documentary about focus on family radio, theaters, audio drama, dramatization. Uh, it literally goes on. So we are excited and we want to welcome you, Colin. How are you today? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. I'm uh, enjoying the sunshine here. Uh, a bit further on in the day than you are, but it's still very sunny and warm. Yes, so you are in England, is that correct? That is in the north of England, near the Scottish border, near Hadrian's Wall, in the in the uh, Lake District uh, National Park. I I was over in your neck of the woods last year, and I was actually um, in Ireland for a little bit. But I was looking over where you could see Scotland. You could see the island. I kept mm-hmm. man, all I have to do is get on a boat, and I'm in Scotland. But mm-hmm. I, I I didn't do it. I went over to England instead. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful country. And I have to say, I love your castles. And that's on my bucket list, to go to Scotland and see the castle. So I might have to look you up, Colin, when I'm over there. <laughs> uh, that would be great. 
<laughs> well, Colleen, you are considered an authority on the inklings, and Lisa and I are fascinated about this because anything that has to do with friendships and relationships, especially strong leaders, just in, in relational leading, um, first of all, tell us who were the inklings and what about their writings drew you to become so interested in their work? So the Inklings, um, I'm actually writing a book about them at the moment, funnily enough, but um, they, they were a, a, a group of uh, friends. They, they were very much um, centered around C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, um, and um, there were a variety of, of um, people. Some of them were Oxford dons lecturing at the university and and doing tutorials and so on, and others were, were more ordinary mortals. Uh, one was a doctor and one was a lawyer and so on. So it was quite a mix of people, but they were all all um, had this in common. They were friends. They were, uh, especially at the beginning, they were all Christians, and um, and as Lewis put it, they had a tendency to write. So they were interested in learning the craft of uh, and the practice of writing. They were interested in hearing each other uh, read from work in progress. They were interested in talking about all their favourite books, and they found they had a lot in common with the books that they liked. Um, and that's how it went on. And they would, they would tell jokes and. Um, share experiences and um, uh, get together um, in, in, their, in their golden years, the golden age, which was the, war, the Second World War years and just after, they would meet twice weekly, um, a Tuesday morning in, in a pub in Oxford, um, and then on a Thursday usually in the evening where they would have the more, slightly more formal meeting where they would read, but they were never formal, they never had um, agendas or anything like that or people taking notes. So now we've got very, very little information about them, which is uh, you have to kind of build it up rather like an archaeological dig to find out what they were up to when they got together. That is fascinating. Well, you asked me something else, didn't you, about how I got interested in the Inklings? Yes. I think, yeah. Just a quick one, just to say it started off with um, discovering C.S. Lewis when I was um, still in high school. We were reading um, his book, Mere Christianity, in one of the classes. And I was—I got totally hooked. I just enjoyed so much the combination of clear reasoning with um, with rich imagination, where you'd have all these wonderful stories and anecdotes and illustrations of what he was saying, which was helping me to understand the more theoretical stuff that he had. And I decided this was an author I liked, so I'd read everything that I could by him. Little realizing what a, a huge number of books there were that he'd written. When I started doing that, I came across his friends like Tolkien and Charles Williams and others who now known as the Inklings. So that's how it started. Well, um, my son would love to sit down with you, and I'm sure your son, Lisa, mm -hmm. as well. He, uh, in high school, same thing. I actually went to a secondhand store and bought everything from C.S. Lewis there and just brought it home because he, uh, he started out with screw tape letters. Well, he'd already read Chronicles of Narnia, and then um, from there he just wanted to gobble up anything that C.S. Lewis wrote. And uh, he's 20 now, but he's, he went back and is reading um, Lord of the Rings, because he just, the allegories that are there, and he, he keeps, you know, calling and talking about, did you know, is, is how he begins yeah. the conversation. So <laughs> that, that is so, so neat. Um, tell us, you said you were in high school. So when did you, how did that lead into what you did? Did that kind of, were those the formative years that led into what you were doing going into college as well? Well, um High school, call it high school. At that time, it was a, what, what, what was known as a grammar school. There's still a few around, so it was a bit more formal. Um, There's lots of emphasis on um, on literature and stuff like that. Um, but um, reading C.S. Lewis was at a very crucial time for me. I'd, I'd become a Christian earlier in my 
in my life. And um, I was on the verge of adulthood and was thinking things through. And Lewis came along just at the right time um, and inspired me to um, to carry on writing. So I started to do a bit of writing and also to um, um, to study literature and um, also philosophy later. Because, um, Lewis was actually a very good philosopher as well as a literary person and all kinds of other things and amateur theologian and uh, a storyteller and scholar. Um, so he, there was lots there that he... he Kind of inspired me to to do and not think oh I can't do that I just um, I was just so interested in it that I I, I followed that up and decided I would um, become a writer and editor and uh, and uh, so I studied um, literature and philosophy as the foundation for that mm. um, yeah so it's a bit of a complicated story but um, um, I started to write about C.S. Lewis while I was at university um, I did a series of six mag- um, monthly Articles for a, mag- a Christian magazine, and um, and uh, there was a very warm response to that, and that, that really encouraged me to um, to see that there was lots of people who were um, interested in C.S. Lewis and Tolkien. That that is very interesting, and they, you know, his writings, their writings, both of them are t- are timeless. Like you know, here we are years <laughs> later, and twenty year olds, and my son is a huge fan also, and gobbled up every book and has even on his blog like um, the top C.S. Lewis quotes every now and then and, and dissects them. So they really are, you know, his writings are impacting this generation in a, mm-hmm. in a huge profound way. Um, I want to ask you, first of all, how did they get the name Inklings? And then do you have that support? Do you have, <clears throat> excuse me, a group kind of like the Inklings that you surround yourself with? And we only have like two minutes, so we'll take a break. So, <laughs> giving you a warning, and then we'll con- if whatever we don't finish, we'll, we'll continue in the next in the next segment. Okay. Um, the, the the inklings. Um, it was actually started off as a group of undergraduates um, in uh, Oxford University, and C.S. Lewis and Tolkien were invited along because the undergraduate groups had to have members of staff there um, for some reason. And they called themselves Inkling. The leader was somebody who was very brilliant. Who actually wrote a couple of novels when he was when he was a student. And um, he was the brother of a famous filmmaker called David Lean. He was called Tangy Lean. And um, it was and it was when he left um, the university, the, his group folded up. So um, Lewis already had a group of friends, which included Tolkien. So the name was transferred to them. And I suppose it was a kind of pun, you know, with the word ink in it. An Inklings, a, a kind of um, uh, glimpses of, of truth or or anything like that. So um, uh, like ink, inklings of immortality, maybe. Um, but mm-hmm. um, it was a mixture of that and wanting to write, wanting to think, wanting to write, wanting to create. So it, that's where it came from. And that's, the other that's, w- oh. go. No, I'm saying that's fast. We always like to know the why behind why somebody you know chose a name because it is significant and it's and it sticks and um i had to say we have a group of my husband's a senior pastor and we have um some friends mother pastor friends that have started a a support group and they call themselves the stinklings um based (laughs) off of that and they meet like twice a year get together we join them one of the thing and so it's it is fun to see how how that has really impacted other pastors to go, you know, I, it, there's significance in having a group that meets regularly, that we pour our lives mm-hmm. into each other and can be authentic with. So um, it, it really is, it, it's such a great concept that we need to really live out more. Mm-hmm. And we're going we're gonna to take a quick break here um, and come mm-hmm. back and talk about, you know, do you have that group and what does that look like for you? So as we go into a break, we want to ask just a question. What are some of the discoveries you've had lately? We'll be right back. 
Okay, thanks. is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. What does reboot mean? Ever wonder why your connection to the world through your computer does not work as flawlessly as most of your ability to breathe? ISP Radio Network explains the why and how the Internet works. Learn the inside and secrets that your Internet provider may not be telling you or even want you to know. Gain the confidence to proclaim that you are no longer technically illiterate. You may call him a techno gearhead or network guru, but Stephen Grabiel, your host, is a person driven by a passion to serve people fast internet, as well as empowering internet users with simple skills to maintain their fast internet. This is ISP Radio Network, a place where internet service providers and the self-proclaimed technically challenged users of the internet meet weekly to share ideas of what makes the internet work or how to make the internet work better. Don't miss ISP Radio with your host, Stephen Grabion, Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are talking with Colin Durius, who is a writer, editor, and frequent lecturer on the lives of C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien. Um, we, I have to say, Colin, that you also are a very humble person because as Lisa and I are trying to um, gush all over you about how wonderful you are and just the research that you've done and you're committed to um, just giving us more information about the, these men that um, have made such a impact. an impact in, in history and just like Lisa said, even in, in lives of our young kids today. So uh, once again, we just want to thank you for that. And you... You, ha- you truly are all over the place, and you tell us a little bit. Uh, you were going to uh, start talking about the inklings, if you have that in your life today. And also, I want to know how you also uh, you did some voiceovers or something with the Harry Potter movie. Uh, so I want to know a little bit more about that. But going back to the inklings, do you have that that group in your world? Well, I, I did have a group when uh, before I moved up north. I was part of. Um, something called Leicester Writers Club, which is a, a big city. And there was a, an inter- a very, very fascinating mix of writers in that. Um, 
for example, there's quite a few um, romantic novelists, and so week by week I would listen to um, sections of people's novels in progress, and it was a variety of, of, of writing, and nearly all fiction, only a little bit non-fiction, mine's mainly been non-fiction, but it was so enriching to, to listen to all those kinds of um, writing, and, and everybody had a desire to get published, so everybody was working really hard, and everybody was very open to what, you know, the kind of critiques that people made of their work. Everybody's in the same boat wanting to um, to improve their writing and, and to get their their stuff published. Um, up here in Cumbria, um, I have been part of a group, but it's been very small and it's struggling a bit at the moment. Um, but again, there's been a variety in what people are writing, poetry and prose. Again, mainly fiction. Um, but I've found that... Um, uh, it's just as creative writing non-fiction as writing fiction, and, and so I've, I've felt I've had quite a strong affinity with people who are writing fiction, although my, my, my writing so far has been quite different from that. Um, um, uh, this, so that, that was really good. But I think it's very, very important for um, um, people, whether they're writers or, or painters or whatever kind of um, artistic creative work they're doing, is to, is to get together with other people and it's a bit of a myth that um, that that everybody that writers and creative people work in isolation. They kind of live live in an attic, um, starving, and uh, and and the work is a fruit of all their um, anguish and pain, uh, which everybody else can enjoy. Uh, uh, really, it's it's very much a community thing, um, where you are isolated a lot of the time, but um, but also um, you 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 can flourish on the interaction with other people that are. That have got a similar kind of vision. You, what you too kind of um, um, uh, vision, where, where you recognise um, uh, similar similar um, aims and interests. Um, and I also found it helpful. Um, the groups they're, they're not um, particularly Christian groups. Why? Um, so if I'm writing something that's um, more towards uh, a Christian dimension, I wrote a book, for example, about AD 33, the year that Christ died. Uh, uh, his historical book for the general reader, but I found enormous help when I was read, reading bits of that to 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 the big group in in Leicester. Even though people had a variety of beliefs, um, um, one friend was a Baha'i, and um, um, there's somebody in the group who's a Muslim, and uh, all kinds of um, New Age beliefs and so on. But the kind of input I got on improving what I was writing was incredibly helpful, and also helping to communicate uh, clearly. Um, and that's something that I've really um, appreciated in, in C.S. Lewis because he, he, he worked very, very hard to learn how to communicate. Um, he, he could easily have been very much an arrogant scholar, um, but but he chose to um, to mix with ordinary mortals. and to, He had a friend called Arthur Greaves, who was, in many ways was a very ordinary sort of chap, and um, he wrote letters to him all his life um if you look at the massive three volumes of his letters much of what he wrote was to this chap arthur and just writing and explaining and uh, it was um was very helpful in the development of his ability as as a as a writer and uh, i find that as, as as somebody who tries to write myself as uh, very inspiring so he just kept writing to the same individual, coaching him and guiding him, and he has all mm -hmm. these letters. Yeah, and then if, and, and if I would encourage you, you and your listeners, if you haven't already, to um, pick up Lewis's letters because um, he was a superb letter writer, and he's always very interesting. I've just been reading some of his accounts of walking tours, 
across the uh, the English countryside, and he describes everything so beautifully: the the fields, mountains, woodlands, the roads, um, what he comes across. Um, uh, it's just uh, it's 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 wonderful travel writing, but just in a letter to a friend, <laughs> and uh, and then you mix it up with some deep philosophical speculation, but uh, you you don't feel bogged down in it. It's just all part of the. Um, uh, of what he's doing in the letters to another person. So um, it, it's just so um, unique. Well, on that note, tell our listeners where they can find your newest book and how they can find, um, just find you, a little bit more about you. And these letters you're talking about, like, uh, you know, t- to really take it and, and really become more familiar with C.S. Lewis. Well, my, it, my latest book is called, uh, I think you mentioned, The A to Z of C.S. Lewis. And that really, part of the reason I wrote it was to help people to explore Lewis, because I think sometimes um, people only read one or two types of his books, but he wrote across a whole range of of stories. I mean, everybody knows he wrote for children in the Narnian stories, but he also wrote science fiction for adults and uh, and an adult novel called Till We Have Faces, which is a a beautiful um, uh, um, retelling of the Greek Greek myth of Cupid and Psyche. And... um, um, uh, so if you manage to find my book, it will help you to, to explore more and, and to discover the letters of Lewis and, and other books of his. Um, and you should, if you can't get it in your local bookstore, you'll find that if you ask for it, they usually can get it quite quickly. Um, if, you, if you make a note of how to spell my surname, um, D-U-R-I-E-Z, you, that will help you to find my, my books. And similarly, if you just Google my name, you'll, you'll come across my website and... and um, and links to some of the books uh, very quickly. And if you go onto Amazon, if you if you can't get hold of your books from from your local shop, um, you'll find there there most of them are listed there. Well, and we also have you on our site at girlfriendit.com. Um, oh, Click great. into right to your to your uh, website and everything. Oh, and this, this might be a very uh, tough question because I, I wouldn't be able to answer it. But if someone were to ask you if you had a favorite quote from C.S. Lewis. What would that quote be? Oh, <laughs> oh dear, that's a, yes. A, that, um, what would it be? Um, oh, my mind has gone. Com- no, he didn't say my mind has gone completely blank. That's that's my quote. Uh, that's me. <laughs> um, but um, um, that's okay. That was a tough one because there's so many. Yeah, that- yeah. There was. I was just reading something today, um, which was. Um, um, it was a very good quote, but um, so, yeah, I've just, I've just, um, there's so so many um, things I like about him that I've, uh, I mean, there's the 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 one that everybody quotes, but I still think it's very true when uh, when they say that Aslan isn't a tame lion, and um, to me, Aslan, uh, I didn't come across the the Narnian stories till I was an adult, and um, to me, the way that Lewis portrays Aslan um, after two thousand years of Christian theology is a very fresh way of helping us to understand um, both um, Jesus Christ and the nature of, of God. Um, uh, and it, it seems so odd, really. You have this um, talking animal. You know, you usually expect those in children's stories, but you do find them in adult stories as well sometimes. Um, and th- he's the king of the beasts. He's also the creator of Narnia. And um, he has this wonderful relationship with the children who go into Narnia they're afraid of him, but they're also very attracted to him. And um, 
Lucy and her sister ask permission if they can touch his mane. Um, and, uh, you know, there's this, this um, gentleness in Aslan, but also um, he's also a scary, <laughs> scary lion. And um, uh, so this thing about not being tame, and sometimes we we make God, uh, we, tame, we try to tame God and uh, um, forget that he is the person who made the whole universe and uh, and that, um, you know, if you saw him, you would immediately fall on your knees, you know. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that that's that's one that um, that has meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're putting a smile on my face. I realize I'm I'm looking at Lisa with this big huge smile. Just even hearing the words that you're using and the imagery that you're painting. And I I actually read uh, the Chronicles of Narnia through high school through a, a neighbor friend who moved to California, and we would write letters back and forth after whatever chapter we were reading and it's such a fond memory going back and just you know telling each other and sharing this is what I got out of this chapter so when you were saying that uh it reading his books make it makes you think deeper and having to go through those those allegories and and really seeing who God is it's it's amazing how he wrote well and it's cool my I my husband read read it with my son the chronicles of Narnia when he's a little boy and it, it is just so, like I said, the generations, how it's impacted, how it's so timeless. And it takes you to a deeper place in the writings. And just even listening to you talk, Colin, it's just, um, you can tell there's a deep pull there. It's a deep mm-hmm. well that you just want to draw from. And we don't take time in our busy lives to have mm-hmm. these conversations. And even when you were saying, like, the Inklings would meet, you know, on one morning at a pub and then in the evening and just no agenda and just talking of life. We have lost that in our culture oh, yes. and society. And so even to go back to that place to go value relationships and just being together and talking deeper about life. And whenever you run mm-hmm. across people like that, like this conversation today with you, you just we're leaning in so much and you go, Okay, this is like we're realizing we are pulling up from a deep well yes, and a refreshing well. So you have given a gift to us and to so many people today, just sharing your heart and um, just the the richness of life and literature mm-hmm. and thinking deeply. So we could go on and on and on with you. And again, we want to thank you so much for just sharing your heart and um, your wealth of information that you have spent hours and hours um, researching. And um, we're going to have to we're going to take a, have to end our show. And again, thank you. We would love to have you back. And talk more about this and, and challenge our readers to really look at life as is really that voyage of discovery. And the quote, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes and taking the time each for each of us to allow ourselves to see something new, even starting our show. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself.